Hello, once again, and welcome to the podcast. This is I Said Shut Up with Mark Joseph Bennett. I just had to do that again. I had to do my own intro again because I, when I said hello, I cracked. My voice cracked like a, like a 13-year-old boy going through puberty. Or in my case, like a 16-year-old boy going through puberty. Let me tell you something about how late I started puberty. And I hope you enjoy me saying the word puberty a lot. Because uh, it's, a, it's a nice word, puberty. Sorry, I'll stop. But yeah, I was a late bloomer, guys. I never really did bloom fully. I was a, a partially, I was a late partial bloomer. That's what I'll say about myself. Never really got to bloom status. This rose did not open. I'm sort of like a, like a, if you look at some of those roses, you know, that, Half the petals opened and the other half just shriveled up and died. That's me. I'm a half-dead rose. Anyhay. Anyhay? This has started terribly. I don't care. I'm not stopping it. This is my life. Right now, okay, I have a few things things to try to get out. Because last time, see, I was just about to go off on more tangents. Last time I, I started talking, I just got into religion for some friggin' reason. I don't know why. So I'm going to start with some updates for you long-time podcast listeners. The guys who've been there since the beginning. Because, I mean, we're, we are deep in now. I mean, what is it, 21? 21 episodes? Something like that. And this is the Thursday edition. I'm trying to do like a Monday and a Thursday. Trying to rip off Bill Burr as much as humanly possible. In fact, let's let's everyone pretend I have red hair and freckles, okay? Instead of my wavy brown locks. I look like a surfer. I used to have kind of nice hair, like kind of wavy hair so that... And I didn't know that. I grew up my whole life with the nerdiest haircut. One of my uh, buddies in high school, Joey Woolridge, used to call it the Mark Bennett mold, where it would just... I, I would comb it to the side... You know, like like Sheldon from, uh, what's that one called? The Big Bang Theory. And I just did that every day of my life. And it just, no no change. Until friends came in to fashion. Then I did the Ross Geller, you know, kind of gel slick down on my forehead. Oh, man. Those were some bad grad pictures. Thanks, Ross. You son of a bitch. I look like garbage. Like, you really, you don't realize what a small-town hick you look like until you go back and look at your grad photos. Jesus Murphy, you know? And that's what a lot of people are talking about. Oh, the kids today, they look so good. They're taking all the hormones and all the all the hormones in the beef and in the food, and they're developing quickly. I think it's more Lululemon. It's more the clothing and, and hairstyles. Like, I mean, you look at my high school yearbook, all the girls had crimped hair, and if you don't know what that is, look it up. Crimped. It's not a good hairstyle. Crimped hair with bangs that were sprayed. And, look, I mean, it's okay to have bangs, but for whatever reason, bangs in the, in the mid-80s, late-80s, early-90s, that you just stood them straight up with hairspray. So you'd use half a can. Not you. I'm, I mean the females. They would use half a can of hairspray and just stand that fucking crimped bang upwards and they were like this looks good let's put on some uh let's put some scrunchies in here in the yeah and then uh we'll get some uh pink eyeliner 
get some orange lipstick, and we'll get and get those uh, colorful leggings. No, not leggings, leg warmers. And nowadays, the girls are they're just going to Lululemon is like, hey, would you like to wear the sexy pants or the ultra sexy pants? And since people under the age of twenty five are are never, you know, fat, you know, they're they're never overweight. Well, they're not. It's not that they're never overweight, but it's just in comparison to how they'll look for the rest of their life. Basically, what I'm saying is when you're young, you're you're at your fittest, generally speaking. You know, some people go nuts at the gym in their later age. You know, like my my buddy Nick, the bodybuilder. Oh, and I got an update on Nick actually coming up. And, uh, you know, they, they go nuts with, with the bodybuilding and then the fitness. But generally speaking, for those lazy mortals like myself... When you're younger, that's really when you're in the best shape. So then, now that there's a pile of clothes, foolproof clothes people can wear, and and hairstyles that aren't disgusting, because we have the internet now, so people, just a couple of tweets of, like, that, that, that would have saved everyone. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, a couple of tweets of, what the fuck are the girls in Newfoundland, Canada doing? Look at this. They're spraying their, their hair straight up in the air like they were electrocuted. Why are they doing that? You know, a couple of retweets of that shit, boom. Trend stopped. But back then, you know, you just you just have to, you're like, oh. Like, Denise, you know, she looks around and she's saying, well, I guess everyone else is doing it. I, I guess I should do it, you know. And then guys are still asking her out and wanting to have sex with her. And she's like, well, it must be working. But that's not the case. They're, they're, they they want to have sex with you in spite of your sprayed up pyramid looking hairstyle. Anyway, uh, the update on Nick, Nick the bodybuilder, really, really isn't an update on Nick. It's an update on Nick's nemesis. So for those of you who are new to the podcast, which is no one, uh, I assume all my listeners have been there from the beginning. But... Um, Nick is is my friend. He's a, he's a, he's a bodybuilding dude that I met in the gym. Good guy, and he fights uh, not physically with uh, he he he's in he's in a mental fight with uh, a guy I call Beardy. Beardy is the head personal trainer, head personal trainer who is not in shape, and uh, he and Nick have been at odds because Beardy accused Nick of covertly training people at the gym he thought nick was training people under the table and getting a little cash for it and he didn't like it so he called nick on it but nick is just a super helpful guy who helps people out in the gym when they ask him a question they look over at nick and they're like i want to look like that guy you know right now when nick is listening he's blushing because he's a he's he's just he's a sweetheart of a of a giant man and uh but yeah people people are like hey you, how can I look like you? And he's like, oh, you just, you know, you hang upside down by one toe, you know, from, from the chin-up bar. And then, you, and then you curl yourself up. That's, that's how he does abs. One toe ab, upside down astronaut curls, he calls them. Any hoozles, beardy, not in shape, just, just, and just a dick of a human being. So he, he's, he gets into a fight with Nick. We're all his buddies in, in the gym. So he gets into a fight with like a bunch of us. Steve, the great Canadian athlete who, uh, oh, I have an update on him too. Man, you know what? That's what happens. See, in the last few podcasts, I've gone off on tangents. I haven't stuck to, not the script, but what I had planned to say. And, and then it just gets, gets away from you. You know, I got to stop that shit. I honest to Christ. Okay, next podcast, I'm writing stuff down. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to come in. I'm going to say it. 
It's going to be great. Oh, look forward to next week's podcast, number 22, the podcast that changed it all. So anyway, uh, we all hate Beardy, uh, and with good reason. And, uh, and, and because Nick is so popular at the gym, it, it just, this thing grows, you know, like a virus spreading across the gym, but a good virus. Are there good viruses? There should be, you know. What is everything that spreads? Why does it all have to be bad? Why can't it be good? You know, like some kind of thing that spreads where everybody knows how to make money or, or everybody gets in, like, really good shape by just eating potato chips. Why can't that happen? No, you always got to get Ebola. Anyway, it spread like a good virus throughout the gym, and Beardy felt it, man. He knew it. There's no one wanted to talk to him. God knows no one wanted to train with him. He was a pariah. And if you spoke to him in friendly terms, you were a pariah. And not because we're mean guys. It's just, hey, you know, you made your own bed. Go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. So guess what Beardy does? You wouldn't believe it. He shaves his beard. Beardy is Beardy no more. And I... Honest to God, I think he did it to just change, to change his appearance, change the whole dynamic. He's probably listened to the podcast. He's probably heard that his name is Beardy. He figures, I get rid of the beard. I'm no longer Beardy. You know, I can start training people again. I can can start anew at the gym. He's He's in the beardless protection program is what I've come up with. The guys are like, what are you going to call him now? You know, now he doesn't have a beard. And I I say currently he's in the beardless protection program because he's trying to start anew. And Nick was saying, maybe you could call him beardyless. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Beardyless. I don't know. I'm not sure if that has a great ring to it. Sans beard? X-beard. Oh, I just thought of that that second. X-Beard. Old X-Beard. X-Beardy? All right, let's just, let's just move on. Let's move on. Like, like X-Beardy's trying to do. Move on with his life. Johnny Weakchin, maybe I could call him. Now that he's revealed why he had a beard in the first place. His weak chin. Like a, like a British aristocrat. Who just after decades, decades, after centuries of inbreeding, they just get big teeth, big ears, and no chin, right? Ex-Beardy. So I was going to also update Steve, the great Canadian athlete. Now, Steve, he's, 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 got, a, he's got a bad concussion. He, he got into a car accident and... Uh, He's got a bad concussion, so he's just trying to rehab himself. But he's in the gym. He's doing too much. I see him all the time. He's, he's, I mean, he can't help it. It's his nature as a great athlete, too. He's, like, deadlifting 6,000 pounds, and he's doing stuff. Like, he does that one, you know, where, where you, you, it looks, kind of looks like they're swinging an axe, but they do it with cables. You know, I think, it, I think it's for your abs or your obliques, something like that. I don't do it. I don't do it because I, I got the bone thing. Oh, I got an update on that. Look at this, guys. 
this is what happens when you don't go off on too many tangents is that you get to the stuff that you needed to talk about, you know, instead of just rambling like I've been doing, you guys are getting the real information again. I, I'll uh, I'll try to keep this up. I'll try to keep a little bit of organization in my life. And uh, but so the great Canadian athlete, he's just he's recovering from from the concussion. And he's standing there and he's talking to, I'm not sure who it was. I think it, it's his brother's mother-in-law. I, I don't know. Ooh, I met Steve's brother. He's uh, the great Canadian powerlifter. He's, he's like Steve, except he's thick. He's thick, he's, he's thick in a very solid, solid way. So I'm going to call him the great Canadian powerlifter because uh, he's strong as an ox. That's uh, what Steve was telling me. So the man is, he's a... Uh, can lift anything. That's what Steve said. He sounded like a brother, proud of his brother. I'll tell you that much. It was it was heartwarming, fucking heartwarming to hear. That's why he's the great Canadian athlete, not just the the okay Canadian athlete. And his brother, the great Canadian bodybuilder, and their father, the great Canadian minister. He's a minister of some form of religion, a religious minister of of sorts. I didn't get into it with Steve. I'm not sure what type of minister he is. But he listens to the podcast. Apparently, he's been mocking Steve. He's uh, anytime Steve is pussing out at the gym or complaining about something, his dad's like, "That doesn't sound like the great Canadian athlete right there." And boom, burn, burn by the great Canadian minister. Anyways, Steve, uh, unfortunately, he's at the gym talking to his brother's mother-in-law, and uh, standing by a machine that swings out like something fierce right up by your head. And yeah, you know what happened. Boom, right in the back of the head. He just, he like got fuzzy for like a half an hour. It's just fucking, ah, oh, the setback, you know? And I complain because I got the bones and stuff, but other people got shit too, you know? Poor old Steve can't work right now. He just, he can't, can't go, can't go in to be the lawyer that he is. Yeah, we all we all we all got problems, right? But like, I mean, that that's a thing. Like a man walking around, and it's just like that happened to Sidney Crosby, who is legitimately a great Canadian athlete as well. My favorite hockey player, and he my playoffs are ruined. They are ruined. I'll get back to my bones in a second because this is also something I'd planned to talk about. So don't worry, we're on track, motherfuckers. Sorry, I was going to swear a little less. I just threw that in for no reason. Anyway, I also say anyway a little too much. Listen, I digress. All right, I'm starting to do the tangent thing. I'm backing it off. I'm gonna. I'm backing it off. Sidney Crosby got hurt. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he is a hockey player in the NHL. It's the playoffs right now. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins were the second best team in the league this year. The Washington Capitals were the first best. They're playing a series. And a lot of people think whoever wins this series will win the ultimate prize, the Stanley Cup. And I always thought Pittsburgh were going to repeat as champions. They were champs last year, and I don't see how anyone was going to beat them this year. And so far, I was exactly right until they fucking, like, Ovechkin does a two-hander on Crosby's shoulder. And sure, it wasn't, he didn't mean maybe to hit him in the head with a stick, but that's what ended up happening. He took a two-hander and hit the man in the head with a stick. 
Crosby goes down on one knee. He's already dazed. He's had four major concussions in his career. Missed like 170 games due to concussions in his career. Four concussions. Most people never have four in their career. Now he he gets hit in the head, goes down on one knee, gets cross-checked in the face by another guy, Matt Niskanen. And he's just, he just, like, the look on his face, I was just, I knew. I'm like, he's fucking dead. He just, he has his fifth concussion. He's been out now. He was out the rest of that game. He's out for another game already. So he's missed two full games almost. And uh, no real word on whether or not he'll come back. And it just, like, I mean, you're like, oh, America's just hockey. It's just a game. Yeah, but it's my hobby. All right? There's very few things I get enjoyment out of in life. You know, I know that's on me. I should be a more positive person, but I'm not. Okay? And I love I love hockey, and I've loved watching Crosby. I loved his... He, he's, he's been a great hockey player. People don't realize he's probably top five of all time. If you go through his numbers, especially in comparison to the era he's playing in, he's, he's absolutely the best hockey player since Mario Lemieux. And he is one of the top five, I think, in history. And, and if he, he's only 30 years old, he'll, only, he'll be 30 this year in August, August 7th, which is 87. His number is 87, and he's born in 1987. Because that's cool. He knew that. That's why he picked the number, 87. Ah, oh, it just, it killed me. It just killed me. Now, at least we have Connor McDavid. Still playing in the NHL in the playoffs. I, re- I want to see Connor McDavid for the Edmonton Oilers versus Sidney Crosby for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then Crosby winning it and saying, like, not yet, young fella. You know, not now is not your time. I am still the reigning golden child of the NHL. But I, I tell you, if Crosby doesn't come back, all we, we have to pin all our hopes on Connor McDavid. It's just, it's not, you know, enforcers... I don't want to sound like Don Cherry, you know, the Canadian pundit who who sometimes rambles like a like a crazy man, but he I think he's right about the enforcer thing. If if Matt Niskanen and Alex Ovechkin thought a giant hulking mass of a thug is going to beat the living shit out of me if I do anything to Sidney Crosby, then it gives them pause, like no matter what, you sociopaths, uh, no matter what, what, who you're talking about, they fear physical punishment. Physical retribution is a scary thing. It's a preventative measure. They, you know, and that's why if I had started the series, here's what I would have done. I would have got Tom Sacito, their, their guy who can fight really well in their AHL organization, brought him up from Scranton or wherever he plays, and... Shift one, the first person who nudged Crosby, just like rubbed him out against the board, didn't do anything dirty, but just hit him a little bit. I would send Sestito over to just grab his jersey and like, like fling him around like a ragdoll. Ragdoll him, as they call it in hockey. And if the guy was willing to fight, fight him and then win the fight. But chances are no one would want to fight Sestito, so he could just ragdoll him all around the ice. And then that guy... And no one else would end up touching Crosby for the series. The tone would have been set. And I knew this. I honestly said this type of shit before the series started because I knew Washington would be gunning for Crosby. They're just, they're at, with, with Ovechkin as their leader, he takes runs at people. He tries to knock them out of the game. Sure, he tries to do it legally for the most part with big hits, big head-hunting hits. But 
I don't like that style of play. I never liked it. I it just if you can't beat someone like Scott Stevens, I always fucking hated that guy knocking out Lindros's and Paul Correa's. Like fucking, you know, you're you can't beat a team because they're more skilled than you, or a hockey player is more skilled than your team. So your solution is to just knock him out of the game, like and and end a career. Like it's just. No, that's fucking unacceptable. That's why like headhunting hits should be taken out of the game. And I know that isn't what what happened to Crosby. What happened to Crosby? I mean, the the guy Niskin and did get a five minute major penalty, and got kicked out of the game, and so he should have. But no suspensions, no anything. So Ovechkin and and Niskanen get to play the rest of the series without the best player on the other team playing at all because they just knocked him out. No repercussions which is why they should be shitting in their pants. There should be a giant thug going, I'm coming to get you. I'm going to get you in the parking lot. And when you go home, I'm going to get you in your driveway. And then when you wake up the next day, I'm going to get you in your driveway again because I'm going to sleep in your fucking driveway in a tent. That's what they, that's what should happen. But Pittsburgh ended up beating these fucking capitals. Now they're up 3-1 anyway. So they don't have Crosby, they don't have Matt Murray, their starting goaltender, they don't have Latang, their best defenseman, one of the top five defensemen in the league. You know, they don't have uh, Connor Sheary now, who's an excellent young player. And they still are beating Washington, the best team in the league. Go Pittsburgh! I just, I, you know, I just don't like seeing anything like that. And I'll tell you something else about hockey. They, they released the Jack Adams um, trophy nominees, so the coach of the year. One of the coaches is Mike Babcock for Toronto. The other one is John Tortorella for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the other one is uh, Todd McClellan from uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Now, here's the problem. All right, I hate um, John Tortorella because just look him up on YouTube if you want. He's just, he's this brash American coach who just, he thinks he's funny and he's just a giant asshole. But I... I can't take away from the fact that Columbus had a really good season this year. I always thought Tortorella was a terrible coach. He was terrible for New York. He was terrible for Vancouver. But for some reason, it worked in Columbus. What he, he, he changed his coaching style. It became much more offensive, and it worked. So, yeah, I guess you have to nominate him for Coach of the Year. And Mike Babcock, you have to nominate as well because he turned Toronto around. He didn't necessarily turn Toronto around. Uh, they picked up some really good players in the draft, but they he he was there for the change at least. Tom McClellan's got no fucking business being coach of the year or nominated for coach of the year. He was with Edmonton when they were garbage. All right, he he got, Taylor Hall got is gone from the city. Um, uh, what's his name? Who's the the kid on Pittsburgh? Uh, Justin starts with an S. Schultz? Justin Schultz. Yeah, that's his name. He's um he's he finished third, I think, in defense scoring this year. Third. And Tom McClellan publicly shamed him out of Edmonton. He had him on the team. He would just go, Well, some of our players aren't trying. And they were like, Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Justin Schultz. Like he named him. He at a press conference, humiliated the poor kid. Kid didn't have a shot. He's playing on on a shitty team in Edmonton who has no defense whatsoever. This guy's an offensive-minded kid anyway. They're asking him to play in a system that he's not good in playing with, and they're just not—they didn't handle—they don't handle any of their young talent properly. 
They they've had fucking the draft picks. They've had number one. You got uh, Yakupov. Uh, you have Eberly. You had uh, uh, Ryan Ho- Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's the name. I, I call him Ted Nugent Hopkins because <laughs> I'm hilarious. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Taylor Hall, and none of it's working out. They couldn't do a thing. They had Dave uh, uh, Dave Dubnik. From uh, he, he's the goaltender, I think, for the Minnesota Wild now. One of the best, if not the best goalie in the league. Again, got booted out of Edmonton, humiliated. Uh, Coach is talking about how shitty he was. And he's amazing. And then they pick up fucking Connor McDavid, the best hockey player, certainly since Sidney Crosby. And if he keeps going, he might be the best hockey player uh, since Wayne Gretzky. He is shockingly good. Um he might not be Crosby good, but we'll see. We'll see. And they pick this fucking guy up. And he just drags them into the playoffs. He w- Connor McDavid won the point-scoring race. Kicking and screaming, he dragged a shitty Edmonton organization into the playoffs and now into the second round. I mean, I know he's not playing that great in the playoffs, but he's the one that got them there. And they're saying his coach, oh, McClellan, you can't deny the job he's doing. Sure I can. Because he didn't do a fuck. He picked up a once-in-a-generation player. You know, I mean, Babcock also, he just got Matthews, you know, and, and, and all those other kids like Nylander and shit and Mariner. Mariner? Mariner? So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But, but that, that he picked up some good guys too. But he also, he was there for the turnaround. McClellan was there when they were shitty. He was... If he was a great coach, he he already had half an all-star team, for fuck's sake, over in Edmonton. And he couldn't do anything with them. Anyway, it's enough of my hockey ranting. I won't even get into baseball. We're getting fucking Blue Jays here. Jesus Christ. I went and watched a ball game the other day, which I was talking about on the podcast. Paid $65 for a ticket. To watch them lose in extra innings. Because that's what they do. Is they lose. Anyway, I'm going to get off it now. I'm going to talk about my bones. All right? All right? Let's, let's bring it down. Let's make it nice and somber in here, guys. Because let's talk about some diseases. I have a disease. I do. I'm not going to be somber about it. I don't... Fuck that shit. But I have a disease. I'm not dying. As far as I know. Um, but I have... Uh, what the doctor thinks is TIO. It's called tumor-induced osteomalacia. And uh, tumor sounds bad, and it's not great, but my tumors are supposed to be benign. And uh, But what they do is they prevent me from absorbing my phosphate. So I piss out phosphate. That's the technical term, piss out phosphate. And uh, renal phosphate wasting, they call it, which means I piss out phosphate. And... Uh, I'm not supposed to. So what that does is you need as much you need phosphate for your bones as much as you need calcium. So I have brittle bones and I've broken five or six ribs over the last few years just by doing nothing, sitting up, you know, rolling. I was on a beach once, just mo- mo- shifted to my left, broke a rib. So uh, I had to go in and see the doctor. It's taken for fucking ever. I I was because I needed the blood test to. Because there's this blood test that checks for elevated levels of FGF23 in my blood. And uh, so I needed special approval because they don't do this test in Canada. So I had to send it to the Mayo Clinic. So I uh, wait to get approval. But I believe their their staff 
at the Osteo Clinic. I think they dropped the ball, I got to tell you, because I called them five or six times asking, hey, did I get approved yet? And they were like, well, no, they haven't gotten back to us yet. And the girl said, finally, I'll just fax them a second time because it was supposed to take like two or three days and it was a month later. And then so uh, she faxed them and they were like, you already got it. It's in your email. So I fucking, anyway, I was supposed to have my appointment February 2nd is when I was supposed to have my appointment. I got it May 5th. All right. Three, over three months of wasted bone degradation. My bones are dustier now than they ever were. I'm trying to get fixed because I got the kid and I can't roll around on the floor with the little bastard. Not a bastard. We were married. Technically, he's not a bastard. He acts like a bastard. That's Eddie Izzard's bit, I think, in uh, the great British comedian. said uh, It used to be an insult to call someone a bastard. Now it's kind of sexy. Ooh, he's a bit of a bastard, isn't he? Sorry about that British accent, everybody. <laughs> but uh, wasn't even a good Eddie Izzard. But anyway, the bones, uh, not great. And, and so I go to see her uh, finally a couple days ago. I go to see her and uh, my FGF levels came back normal because every one of my blood tests comes back normal the only thing that they've ever seen is a little bit of phosphate in the urine honest to god everything is normal all the time except for the fact that my bones are paper so my doctor is convinced i still have the tumors even though the blood tests are indicating i don't have tumors and i think she's right because uh you know, I've read a lot of studies on this, and sometimes the FGF23 comes back normal, even though you got a big-ass tumor somewhere in your foot or some shit like that. So she's ordering, like, a full-body osteotide scan, I believe, and if some of that lights up, she can go in maybe and find some tumors and cut them out, and then I should start to get back to normal. It's just this kind of, you know, I don't want to gripe, all right? Sure I do. Why else would I bring it up? Why why would I bring it up if not to complain or to, to paint myself as a hero? A hero who struggles to accomplish things but does so anyway through sheer will and grit and determination. Anyway, what was I complaining about? My bones. Right, so yeah, so I don't know. My energy level is super low. Just, it's, I don't know. I Honest to God, part of me is afraid that when they cut these tumors out, I'm still going to feel this malaise that I always feel where I just can't get off the couch. My friend Daryl asked me to go to the gym today, and I lied to him. And uh, I'm saying this on the podcast knowing he could possibly hear this. And you know what? Fair enough. If he deserves to know the truth, if he bothers to download and listen to this podcast. If he's uh, going to add to my podcast numbers, then I'll be glad to tell him this information. I, I said I already exercised today just to get out of it because I just didn't want to write him and say, I don't have it in me. I don't have the energy. So if they cut out these tumors and I'm still a super lazy piece of shit, oh, that's going to be rough. I'm thinking about Chinese medicine, man, that acupuncture shit. I'm thinking about doing, like, just, I don't know, something. The energies that I, I eat vegan for the most part, that was supposed to help, and I'm still blah. You know, I, uh, 
I, I, I tried all the, the energy things and to eat, have your ginkgo bilobas and your, your vitamin, multivitamins and all that shit. I just, I could never get any energy. And it makes a lot of sense if it's related to this disorder. But if it's not related to this disorder, then this is the next thing I got to fix. Because I tell you, it's a gargantuan effort for me to do fucking anything. And I mean, I, maybe that's just the nature of, of a comedian. Maybe a lot of people feel like this. I don't know. I, I don't know. Right? But it's just we went to see um, we went to see a Montessori uh, daycare for our for our son Sam today, and it just it took the good right out of me just to wake up, put on pants, and then walk around for a little while at a daycare facility. Sent like it's it feels like uh, I'm sleep deprived or I've run a marathon or something, and you're just kind of woozy. It's just how I feel pretty much all the time. But let me tell you a little bit. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on from the complaining. Man, it's fucking warm in here. Yeah, I'm in the Toyota Prius recording studio once again uh, because my my wife is upstairs putting the baby to bed and her mom is in town. Let me tell you something. And this is this is a little tangent that I'll allow myself to go off on. I'll let people complain about in-laws and, and uh, having to do shit. And uh, I tell you, it's like... Meeting up with the with the families and and there there's it changes is what I should say when you have a kid like what I find people that they complain about in laws they're often people who don't have children because if you have a kid well at least in our experience when she comes over just somebody doing the dishes a little bit once in a while you know or straightening up some of the books that the kid has decided to chew up and throw haphazardly around the house someone else to pet the cat. When the cat is dying for attention, you know, it's it's good. It's good. I mean, it, to a point, you don't want, you know, nine in-laws just living in, in your second bedroom in an 800-square-foot apartment. But a little bit of help is is welcomed. I, uh, I have not found the in-law thing to be too much of a burden. It's been more help. Since we've had the kid, her mom's been more help than her. I'll tell you that much right now. And I guess if it was the other way, I probably wouldn't mention it on the podcast because I'm sure Sarah or her friends or her family, somebody would get wind of it if I'm sitting around bad-mouthing Barbara. You know, do you know what your son-in-law is saying about you? But no, she's been a help. Anyway, she was a help again today because somebody had to watch the little fella when we went to go check out schools that we will pawn him off on. Because God forbid we take care of our own fucking child. You got to give them to somebody at all times, whether or not it's an in-law or some kind of daycare. Get them out of our hair, we say. No, but I mean, you really like I, I'm trying to stay home. I'm going to since I work in the nights uh, and occasionally that um, I'm going to try to stay home as much as I can. While Sarah goes back to work, she goes she'll go back to work in August nine to five. Um, I'll try to take care of him in the day. But there comes a point where he will need to be out and socialized and like he could just stay home with me all day, but I really think that he probably should see some children. Anyway, we'll 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 take it as it comes, but we have to prepare for it now. So we're we're visiting all these schools, and uh, we went to a Montessori school. Now, uh, you may have heard of that. That is like some, I think, Italian lady Montessori. It sounds Italian. She uh, she came up with a system where basically you kind of treat kids like little adults. So 
they love practical things, you know. And so she designed a pile of activities, tasks, and uh, toys that little kids really respond to very well. And apparently it makes them super smart. Like Guy, the CEO of Google, did like Montessori. Jennifer Aniston did it, you know. Right there, those are the two best people in the world. So it's pretty good. But apparently it really it really gives them a leg up for learning and it helps them be interested in learning and it gives them some structure in their day, which apparently they want at 18 months. I, I don't know if they do. That's what I've been told. And uh, But when we were looking it all up online, Christ almighty, we're watching Montessori, like what happens in a day. And these little fucking kids, they look like they're... Uh, they're middle management employees, like, like they're at a, at Staples or something, and uh, and th- like they they go they they get their little tasks from the shelf, they bring it over, they set it down, they work on it, and then they were showing them look, and then when the kids want a snack, they go to the snack bar, and so the kid took a tray over, grabbed an apple, grabbed a banana, a little bit of porridge or some shit, sat down at a table with another little girl, and we're talking like. They're like two or two and a half years old. And then they sat there and they had a little like chat for a second. They, honest to Christ, they looked like they were co-workers just getting through the day, punching the clock. Well, Sally, did you, did you get your report done? Yeah, I did. I, uh, I put paint on the left of the report and then I put some paint on the right of the report. How, how about you? Yeah, I got some macaroni. I got some macaroni stuck together. So that was, that was good because I've been working on that for a while. It's nice to get that off my plate. You know, I I just, so when I saw it, I'm like, where's the joy? Like, they're children. They should be laughing. They should be interacting, you know? So I was very worried about that because the focus is academics, academics in the Montessori system. Your kid will come to Montessori and he'll be a fucking genius. And if you don't send him to Montessori, he'll be a stupid idiot. So I, I'm like, all right, let's, let's fucking, I don't know. But we went in and it didn't start great. Because the lady wasn't there to meet us, uh, but it turns out what it was is it was photo day, so they it was totally their schedule was totally thrown off because they had a photographer coming in trying to you know wrangle these kids like a bunch of fucking wet cats and uh, to take some pictures of them. So, but then when when the the lady came in, she explained all the stuff, and it actually sounded pretty nice. And I said to her point blank, I was just, I was just at one point I'm like, this is my son, all right. My flesh and blood, my, my, my genes from my loins. That's gross. Sorry about that. But he's my little, he's my little boy. Right? So I, I'm like, I don't care if this question makes her uncomfortable. I'm going to say it. And I said to her, listen, one of our concerns about Montessori is that it is so focused on the academics and that there isn't. There doesn't seem to be a lot of happiness or joy. And I said to her, but the reason I'm I'm saying it to you is that I hear some liveliness here. The kids sound like they're having a pretty good time. Now, so do you do you understand our concern? And she said, I do. She was British. She was I do. Man, I gotta work on my I gotta work on my British accent. I do, I do understand it. Uh and she was she was nice. She was that she was like the perfect teacher, you know, she was kind of sturdy. She was she seemed like she she was intelligent and well-spoken and confident and 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 warm. 
You know, she had a warmth to her. But you could tell if you looked at her sideways, she'd fucking knock you down. Like she, you could tell, there, she obviously puts up with no bullshit because no one even, I bet no one even tries to bullshit her. She's just got that look of that, you know, British nanny teacher, like just, yeah? What, do you, do you have a challenge? You, you're going to challenge me, child? Will you? Like she just looked, I don't know. I got a good vibe from her that, uh, that she knows what she's doing, but she's warm. But at the same time, she's not going to put up with any bullshit, you know? And now, granted, they didn't ask us to take off our shoes when we went in, and neither me or my wife like that. They're little kids. They lick the floor. Well, at least our kid licks the floor. There might be something wrong with him, you know? Maybe most kids don't lick the floor, but ours does. So we look for a cleanliness of a floor. That's, that's something. Well, we didn't say that to her. You know, we didn't, we didn't want her saying, like, eh, I'm not sure your child belongs here if he's licking floors. Like, I, don't, I didn't want to get him, uh, you know, blacklisted from the Montessori organization. But it is a concern of ours. It, take off your goddamn shoes. And let me tell you something. All you people out there who don't take off your shoes when you go into a house, you take off your shoes. You make sure, if you don't take off your shoes that the people in that house never take off their shoes, which is weird. It's your home. Take off your fucking shoes. Relax. Where are you going? Why do you need your feet encased constantly? Do you love a sweat buildup in your socks? Why? Just take off your shoes. You're, you're home, right? We were in France one time visiting friends of Sarah's parents, and it was a beach town. It was in the south of France. All right? And that's not, I'm not impressive because we were in wherever, south of France. It's Sarah's parents' friends. We don't have the money to do that. But their parents' friends do. So we went. And, and you, you can't look a gift horse in the mouth. You can't be like, hey. But I was uncomfortable because I had my shoes on for a week. You know, we were, it was a beach town. And I had to have shoes on. Because their house was full of mud and dirt and sand and shit. Because they walk in with their shoes on. And if so if you have your socks on or bare feet, you even sandals with bare feet, they were going to get dirty because the floors were dirty. You know, take your fucking shoes off. So anyway, that's my advice for you people. You want, you want to have a nice life? Have a place with clean floors where you can take your shoes off. And then when your guests come in, ha- have them take their shoes off. I'm thinking about putting a sign in my porch. Just, please kindly remove your shoes. You know? Maybe put a joke there or something like it. But give people the idea. Take off your shoes. There's this old lady across the, across the hallway from us, Evelyn. I may have talked about her before. Old Jewish lady. Nice lady. She uh, she comes in with her shoes on all the time. Stomps around on uh, on Sam's little mats there. His little play mats and stuff. And we can't... You, you don't really want to say anything because she's old, So, but then we have to scrub everything when she comes in because, you know, like he's still crawling around and licking floors. Anyway, I'm talking to the super, super Kevin, and, uh, old super Kevin, he, um, we were saying about, like, we wish she'd take her shoes off, and he's like, yeah, but old people, you know, they can't take their shoes off. A lot of times their shoes are, like, holding their feet together. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah? And he said, yeah, like, it keeps them stable. You know, I said, yeah, that's true. 
He said he, she probably never takes her shoes. She probably goes to sleep in her shoes because her ankles will go collapse if she started walking. Now, I don't, I don't know if that's a fair statement about old people. And I, don't, I shouldn't be making that statement. Talking about ankles collapsing. I got dusty bones. Hey, maybe I'll call my CD that. I got dusty bones. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to edit my CD. I'm trying to come up with a fucking title for the CD. It's killing me. I got dusty bones. So, yeah, Evelyn stomps around. But that's not what are you going to do. She's an old lady, you know. But it all it's all about the fact that we're just trying to do what's best for the goddamn kid. We got to visit all the other daycares now and compare them. You know, we have a we have a neighbor who visited the same Montessori we did and she said she didn't like it. It was really quiet and and stale and and then we were thinking, oh yeah, cuz we saw the videos it's going to be, but when we were there it was it, I thought it was decently lively. But it turns out it's probably the difference between our two places. Like they live in the same apartment building that we do and um her mother is from Bolivia, I believe. So the grandmother of the baby that's in our building is from Bolivia. She's come over to help uh, her Bolivian daughter and her, uh, I think, German, maybe German son-in-law, help them with the kid. And this lady loves soap operas. So she's blaring Bolivian soap operas all day. And their place is like lively and loud. And our place is pretty quiet. My wife likes it quiet. I try to put a little more noise in there. I feel like maybe our place is a little too quiet. But Sam seems to respond to the quiet. He might be his mother's son. You know, I like noise and, and, and stuff. Hey, turn on. I'll watch a Bolivian fucking soap opera. You slap that on. I'm not turning that off. But, you know, Sarah thinks it's better. And, and I've read a bunch of the stuff that Sarah forces me to read. And... It does seem like babies, a quiet environment is a bit better for learning, you know, and, and, and peace. And it keeps them from not having ADHD, because I don't think that's a fucking thing. We'll get into that in a different podcast. But, um, but you know, it keeps them maybe from acting a little bit all over the place. A bit of that overwhelmed sensation that children have, that I have, personally. I could have maybe benefited from a more quiet environment. But yeah, they didn't like the Montessori, but we, you know, I don't know. It's only a half a day. You know, it's from 9 to 11.30. I feel like that's a nice intro for Sam to go into the world. You know, where he's like, hey, how you guys doing? I think I'll sit down and play some Montessori toys with you, which is, I don't know why, you take a wooden block and you put it in a in a wooden shoe. I don't know. It's a fucking boring shit, but the kids there seem to love it. They seem to love that boring shit. And that's the that that's what kids are like. We we have flashing boxes and lights and fucking shit that sings awful songs at them and little birds coming out quacking and, and dancing and moving. And he look he doesn't give a shit. Doesn't care. Your shoelace. Oh. Give him that. All day long with the shoelace. Licking the bottom of shoes. He licks a lot of shit. What what can I say? And maybe that's it. Maybe that's what Montessori hit on. They like they say they like practical things. Like they give them like pots and pans and shit to play with. They give them a sponge with water in a little bucket. And apparently they like squeezing the water out of the sponge. Like they like really practical stuff. And I got to say, I wouldn't have thought that at first, but it makes sense. 
You hand the kid any kind of nice toy that you would figure he'd flip out over. He just look, bleh, fuck this shit. Give me your gym bag. I want to chew on the strap. All right, look at that. 48 minutes, everybody, of, of planned substance. My God, that's pretty good. I like this. We're going to do this again. I will update you on the other daycares. All right, I got to do one tomorrow. See, you see how I am? I fucking, I just hate the idea that I got to get up tomorrow. You know, it's, I don't have to get up super early. I just get up my regular time, but I just, any task, you know what? The, and, oh, and tomorrow I also have a comedy show. Oh, tomorrow sucks. I, no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It gives me more things to talk about on my Monday podcast, right? It's going to be wonderful. I'm going to, I'm going to plan more things. Uh, and, and, and you guys, you guys are going to be the beneficiaries of a more organized, dusty-boned Mark Bennett. Oh, when I get that scan, buddy, when I get that scan and they cut these tumors out, can you imagine how good this podcast will be then? When I have the energy to actually sustain a thought without moving to a separate topic? My God! So thanks so much for listening. Talk to you on Monday. I said, shut up. Good night.